The Heritage Classic was a thriller. The Avalanche lose their captain and the Flames remain red hot heading into the trade deadline. We've got all these stories and more from our local experts right here on the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you as I am every Monday right here. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. We have got visits from three of our local experts, and I'll tell you, lots going on as the trade deadline is just one week away. Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres joins us to talk about the Heritage Classic, a great game outdoors in Hamilton, Ontario, between the Sabres and the Leafs, some controversy ensuing there. We are also joined by Jess Belmasto of Locked On Flames, Calgary red hot coming into the trade deadline, but what is this team going to do to try to make a run at their first Stanley Cup since 1989? And then we are joined by Chris Maselli of Locked On Avalanche. The Avalanche's captain, Gabriel Landeskog, injured. How has this changed things for Colorado for the rest of the season and for what they may do at the trade deadline? We've got all of that coming up on today's show. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the co-host of Locked On Sabres, Joe DiBiase. And uh, Joe, how you doing? Gil, I'm doing great. It's a great week to be a Sabre fan, so hope you're doing well as well. I am doing well, and yeah, what, what a week it was for the Sabres. Let's get started with the Heritage Classic, big mm-hmm. outdoor game on Sunday, uh, and, and the Sabres come away with the win. Your, your thoughts on the atmosphere and, and what it was you know, what yeah. it was like for the Sabres to be a part of this game. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, I thought back and forth affair. The Leafs are a nice challenge for the Sabres because while they don't have the talent to be competitive yet, they're young and they're hoping that the pieces on the team now will grow into that. Don Granado, the Sabres head coach, wants to play an up and down style of hockey. He wants to play a high event style of hockey. And whenever they play the Leafs, it's a great challenge for the young guys because I think the Leafs play the style of hockey that the Sabres want to eventually play, which is go for it, scoring chances, take risks, and they've done very well. I mean, this is two times in the last week that they've beaten the Leafs by three or more goals. So I think it it was a great type of game. Uh, The Sabres scoring their goals. The Leafs got their chances as well. Craig Anderson, a good game. And you had some, some some side effects, you know, to that of... You had the Darlene, Rasmus Darlene, Austin Matthews going at it late in the game that causes a cross-check by Austin Matthews to Darlene's neck that I already know. I think I saw Chris Johnson from Sportsnet maybe tweeted that the Department of Player Safety is going to look at it. And then what happens from there? It's, oh, there's Dylan Cousins standing up for his teammate and taking a run at Matthews with a minute and a half to go. Nothing filthy, you know, maybe the shoulder to shoulder, at least he was going for the shoulder, maybe made contact with his elbow, but like that, that's camaraderie. That is a team coming together. 
And that is what you want to see from a group of young players is your star defenseman gets cheap shotted, do something about it. And they did. So the game was entertaining and you had all of that extracurricular and like, you know what, to be, to be honest, Gil, the Sabres have not had a lot of enemies and listen, it's negative energy, but it gives you some energy to be a fan of, all right, I've got these villains. Eichel is going to become what is has become one, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. And now I've got Matthews for that. It's like, all right, Sabre fans want to see Matthews get suspended, and they're now interested in that. So just to have anything interesting with this team right now, even if it is in a negative context of hating someone else on another team, Matthews <laughs> gave you a little of that tonight in, in this game. Yeah, and, and you know, when it's a division rival, you're going to see him a bunch every year for the next sure. few years, so bring it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Eichel's different because it's Vegas, but you're right. Matthews, they're going to play him three, four times a year, and, you know, God forbid the Sabres ever get good. You could see him in a playoff series. Uh, so, yeah, I'd love to see a, I would love to see a rivalry develop where, you know, Matthews becomes a hated figure uh, here in Buffalo. They're, they haven't been good enough yet for that to really develop, but now that the team's starting to play a little bit better, you're already seeing, you're seeing the warning smoke of that of, okay, if the Sabres get good, this fan base will explode, and all that hate that we haven't been able to exert on division rivals for 10 years, it's going to all come at once towards the Austin Matthews of the world. Your thoughts about uh, Hamilton as a site and, and you know, yeah. the, the neutral site outdoor game? I thought it was awesome. I love Hamilton. It's I live just 20 minutes north of Buffalo, and Hamilton's probably about an hour and a half drive for me, so nothing crazy, just right across the border. Um, whenever I got to go to Ikea, I'm heading over there because there isn't one here. Uh, and I, lo- I love Hamilton. You know, it's it's kind of Buffalo-esque. It's bigger than Buffalo even. It's kind of got that it's – a, it's, a, it's a big city, but it's not like a, a, a huge city type vibe to it. And they love hockey there. I mean, they almost they almost got the Coyotes you know, 15 years ago when an owner tried to bring him there, but it got blocked by the league I mean, for obvious reasons. I don't think the Leafs were going to be very happy with that. Sabres too. Sabres have a lot of season ticket holders from the Hamilton and Southern Ontario area. Sure. So I thought it was an awesome venue. They haven't really, that, that's a huge hockey market. Even though they don't have an NHL team, that is a huge hockey market because they, I think the Sabres have about 20% of their season ticket base that comes from Southern Ontario. And I would figure, I would imagine that there are also a lot of season ticket holders for the Leafs that come from that area as well. 500,000 people. So I thought it was, it was a good idea to get them an outdoor game. They showed up and they sold the place out. It was great atmosphere, great weather for the game as well. You know, not too warm, not too, too cold, mid twenties and snow. So I thought it went, I thought it went as, as good as you could possibly ask for, for Hamilton to have a game. Yeah, no question. I, I love, and the snow was just sort of the icing on the cake. So, oh, yeah. but, uh, er- earlier this week, Jack Eichel, uh, returning to Buffalo fireworks ensue more off the ice perhaps than on, yes. but <laughs> a, a nice win for the Sabres and, and, uh, you know, a little, a little revenge there. Oh, for sure. The the arena was buzzing. I was in that that arena for for that game on Friday, and I don't think I've heard that place as electric as it was in many years. I mean, this year it's been tough. You know, they've been at about half capacity, even lower on some occasions because, to be honest, one, I just mentioned the Southern Ontario season ticket base. The border's been closed, so that's 20% of your season ticket base that can't even come to your games in the first place. Uh, The pandemic hit people hard financially. Oh, and by the way, you are going to set a record this year for the longest playoff drought in NHL history. So team spirits, not super high. And last year, 
you had you had no fans because of the pandemic. So it's been more than two years since I've seen anything like this, an atmosphere like that at a Sabre game. And they brought it. They brought it. They booed Eichel every time he touched the puck. You know, they they booed him when he showed out for warm-ups. I will say this, though, and this is why I had a problem with Eichel's comments after the game where he said, I hadn't heard that building that loud in seven years. Well, one, he's exaggerating. Of course the building's been that loud in seven years on certain occasions. But two, it was kind of a needless, unnecessary shot to me. I don't really know what Eichel was expecting in towards of of a reception, you know, or a bringing of him coming back, what it was going to be like. Because while he got booed every time he touched the puck, when it was time to show gratitude, when it was time to show respect, when the Sabres put the video tribute up in the first TV timeout, it wasn't all cheers. Don't get me wrong. It was a mixed bag. Of course it was going to be. Of course it was going to be. But I thought it was like 70-30 clapping as opposed to the boos. And for a player that while he was incredible and I would never put any of the blame on him for the, the six years that he was here and they didn't come close to making a playoff spot. I mean, you were the face of that era. You were the face of that era. It's the darkest era in Sabres history. You were the face of it. So I don't, I don't know why he was expecting some standing ovation or what he was expecting. And like, you would know Gil from covering the Islanders. Like when John Tavares returned to long Island, you had the, well, there's one chant I probably can't really say on the air here that they were doing. There was the, we don't need you chant. They got right. blasted six to one. I think I looked that game up the other day and Tavares didn't take a shot at the fans after the, after the game. Like, I just thought it wasn't that bad. It was booing, but it wasn't so vicious. So I, I thought it was a, it was a low blow that Eichel took to the Sabre fans. And I thought it was completely unneeded, but the building itself that night in the game was, it was awesome to be a part of it. Yeah, it was electric and, and a great atmosphere there. Trade deadline is a week away. Quickly, what do you expect Buffalo to do, if anything, at the deadline? Well, I'm, I'm almost glad I was long-winded on the first two there, Gil, because <laughs> there ain't going to be much happening. I think at the deadline, it's going to be pretty quiet. You know, they'll take care of business. They'll they'll trade their UFAs away because, of course, they're a rebuilding team still, and they're not in a playoff race. So the Colin Millers of the world who are going to be on a, a, a or enter an expiring contract, you know, baby Mark Pesic. Uh, I think the one guy that's interesting to me is Craig Anderson. Craig mm-hmm. Anderson got his 300th win the other night. I have always believed that he came back. He was going to retire. Like it was out there that he was going to retire after basically not playing at all as Washington's number three goaltender last year. Like he got in that playoff game. If you remember game one, and that was like the only action he saw all season. It, he was going to retire. He didn't. The Sabres said, we've got young guys in the system that aren't ready. We just kind of need a guy to just to just to kill a year. And when he took that, I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Why would he want to do that? Why why would he pass on retirement for that? And my thought was, okay, that's a guy that probably would like to play some games, prove to the rest of the league that he's still an NHL goaltender, and maybe be a guy that could be traded at the deadline for a mid to a late round pick and be some contender's backup goaltender to take one last cup or run at a Stanley Cup ring. So I think Anderson is very interesting because I wonder if he'll get dealt but no one major, nothing major, I would think, uh, for the Sabres at the deadline this year. All right, Joe, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? 
Definitely. You could check wherever you're listening to this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, uh, search the Locked On Sabres podcast. You can check us out on all of those apps. We're on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Locked On Sabres is our YouTube channel. And then if you want to hit us up on social media, get a quicker link to all of those at Locked On Sabres or uh, I'm on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports. All right, Joe DiBiase, always a pleasure. Great to have you back. Yeah, thanks, Gil. Anytime. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product I literally use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I really hate taking lots of pills and vitamins, and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to start you and help you start your day right. This blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Yes, all of these things. And look, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good, and it supports better sleep quality and recovery, mental clarity and alertness, and it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Green uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. On Monday, March 21st at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, tune into Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone with appearances from our roster of local team experts. So make sure you catch this show and all your favorite team shows to catch our immediate action to your favorite NHL team's moves at the trade deadline. Right now, my pleasure to welcome back to the show a familiar face for people who watch this show every day, uh, Jess Belmasto of Locked on Flames. Jess, great to have you back. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad our schedules finally matched. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, your, your team doing pretty darn well, I have to say. Uh, we're recording this just before the big Sunday night game against yeah. Colorado. But uh, what is it now? Four out of the last five right now for the Flames? Something like that. I mean, it's just it's a complete 180 from last year that I'm still trying to process that this team is actually good. But yeah, they've last week they played uh, five or yeah, five games in seven days and only dropped one of them. And that was to the Washington Capitals after really having a strong performance against the team. So, you know, it's nothing to worry about and nothing to, you know, hit the panic button for. 
no question about that. And and look, you know, this team playing so well and you know, one of the acquisitions they made recently, Tyler Toffoli, and he really has been on fire. What has been his impact on this team since he's been acquired? I, you know, it's unbelievable. Uh, the Flames obviously don't have a captain right now uh, because they let Geo go during the expansion draft, but they've kind of brought in these veteran players who uh, know what it takes to win and have become like unofficial captains and it's so nice to see to fully leave montreal who that an organization that needed a, a captain and a, you know a leader to the flames who really needed some uplifting and some sort of motivation and identity and to come in mid-season and have an impact on the locker room that quickly and then have uh, 13 points in your first 13 games <laughs> is truly just unbelievable. And uh, the Flames are very fortunate to be able to acquire him at the cost that they got him. No question about that. And, and you know, one thing that the Flames have been outstanding with all season is goaltending. Nine shutouts now for Jacob Markstrom, uh, one away from the team record. The 207 goals against average, the 928 save percentage. What has he meant to this team this year? Everything. Um, <laughs> he's just, uh, you know, the Flames really haven't had a def- uh, a strong, definitive 1A goaltender for quite some time. So for him to come in last year, and I call it like a trial period because it was such a bad season and a shortened season and just all these circumstances surrounding it to get acclimated with the team and, you know, find his groove uh, was, was beneficial of course, but he has come in this year and after ending last season's exit meetings with, uh, you know, if you're not upset that we're not playing in the playoffs right now, like you're playing for the wrong reason. Or something along those lines. And again, that's another vocal leader and someone who wants to win. And he's gone out there night after night and just been unreal. He makes it look painfully easy, which tells me it's a difficult thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Another player who's really had a great bounce back year, Johnny Goudreau. Uh, and and interesting, uh, you know, Coach Daryl Sutter sort of defending him to the media and, and backing him up for the way the media treats him. Is he doing this to defend his player? Uh, is there some truth to what he's saying, a little of both? Where, where does it stand and what has Goudreau meant to the team this year? So last year, Darryl, or Goudreau skated in his 500th career game and Sutter was asked about it and was like, you wouldn't be able to tell. Like he he really harped on Johnny because he knew he wasn't playing to his full potential and you know he wasn't playing the way we're seeing him now. So again, it's that 180 perspective that this team has done under Daryl Sutter. And there there are certainly uh people in the media who like to rip Johnny who enjoys you know, really pushing that 
oh, Johnny doesn't want to be in Calgary narrative, and oh, he wants to go back east to be with his family, and, you know, even with the season he's having, people still push that, and even though Johnny has said, I love Calgary, I, you know, I don't want to be anywhere else, um, he's really playing the best season of his career, and you know they're they're always going to look for something to write about and i uh i appreciate sutter sticking up for him because i don't think that johnny would do it himself not his personality yeah no he's quiet he's you know very reserved very um you know just not uh an outspoken hockey player, which isn't a bad thing because, you know, it gives them less to write about. So (laughs) he's doing his part. Exactly. Trade deadline is about a week away right now. Uh, Flames are fairly comfortably in first place in their division. But what, if anything, are they looking to tweak come trade deadline time? Yeah, you know, I think – a big question mark would probably be another player um, probably for that third or fourth line. I think Brett Ritchie has now played a number of games and has not had a single point. Uh, And it's just, it's bad. It's taking up a roster spot. There are plenty of players down in uh, their AHL affiliate that would love a chance to get to play, but there, there are players out there that they could probably acquire for for less and you know whether it be a rental just for this season or uh you know something for one or two years like Tyler Toffoli it's it's doable um I think that a right-handed defenseman is certainly an option that they could go I I think that the third pairing with Nikita Zadorov and uh Eric Goodbranson has come miles since the season started, but you know, if there's an option to upgrade there, you upgrade. And I know a lot of people have been talking about, Oh, well, Mark Giordano returned to Calgary. I don't see that happening. And I don't know anything. I don't have any inside knowledge, but uh, based on what the flames need, he does not fit any of their boxes. All right, Jess, why don't you tell our listeners where they could find you on social media and where they could find the podcast? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Uh, lots of cat pictures there and lots of hockey talk. And, of course, you can find me on Locked on NHL on Wednesdays with Sarah for Western Conference Wednesdays and uh, Locked on Calgary Flames Monday through Friday. It's a great time over there. Jess, always great to talk to you, and thanks so much for doing this today. Thank you so much, Gil. I appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts.
Today's episode is also brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're so good, they're going to be your new favorite. And yes, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, but pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. I don't know how they do it, but they make it taste delicious first. Then they figure out how to make it healthy, and they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show a very familiar face to Locked On NHL viewers and listeners, Chris Maselli of Locked On Avalanche. And uh, Chris, uh, quite an eventful week for your team, including an injury to the captain. How does this change things for the Colorado Avalanche heading down the stretch? Oh, this changes a lot of things, Gil. Uh, you know, it's bad, obviously, because Gabe Landeskog is probably having his best season of his career. Um, and yeah, he's going, they, 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 nobody even really knew he had a knee problem and, uh, they're, they're going to give him some knee surgery on Monday and they're, the way they're phrasing it is they're hoping that he's back for like a stretch run is how they're saying it. I think everything is in line for him to come back, uh, for the playoffs. Could he come back the, the last couple games of the season to kind of get like freshened up before the playoffs? Sure. But I don't see that happening because the Avs are players at the trade deadline, and we'll get to that in a minute, but they might go the LTIR route that the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, oh so familiarly went uh, a couple years ago. It could happen now uh, with Landeskog and Sam Girard. Sam Girard is going to be out for a month. My thinking is if he's going to be out for a month, what's another two, two weeks? You know, there's only about six weeks left in the season. You would save $12 million putting those two alone on LTIR. And then this whole maybe getting one guy, maybe now you can get two guys. And wow, would that be uh, some team heading into the playoffs? But it stinks that he's gone because, you know, as we're recording this, they're playing Calgary. And that's the type of team that, you know, you need someone like Gabe Landeskog playing against a team like Calgary. They're a physical team. Landis Guy's a physical guy, and he has no problem mixing it up. And like I said before, he's having his best season of his career. And I don't think that they would really – if they had concern that this was going to be like something that was going to be very long, they would have done it earlier. You know, like but because they're saying we think he'll be back for a stretch run makes me believe, okay, we're just saying that to make it sound good. But I think the Avs are setting this thing up to be Tampa Bay version 2.0. Now, look, I understand if they make that kind of a move, that is all within the rules as they exist right now. But from a league-wide standpoint, should the NHL change this rule? 
Yeah, I do. Because, I mean, because it, it is. It's a loophole. And I'm surprised they haven't shut it after Tampa Bay. Because now look at this. If Tampa Bay did it, if the Avs go and do it, and they end up winning the Stanley Cup, now you have your your last two Stanley Cup winners have exploited this thing. Do you want that to be what people are looking at? You no, know, you want to bring in new fans, and and people are going to be looking at the NHL as like, is is that what teams do? And well, no. Well, yes, it is. The answer <laughs> if it happens two times in a row, yeah. So I don't know. I I don't like it. Vegas is doing it right now too. Yeah. With with Stone, I mean, I think he's got a legit injury, but it worked out for them. It worked right. out for them that you know they Eichel was coming back right around when they were. You know, I don't think they were just going to push Stone anymore. They were just going to be like, we can use this. Why not do it now? Let him get 100% for the playoffs. We don't have to worry about him for a couple months, and then we'll see where it goes. So, I, you know, obviously Tampa Bay did it. Vegas is doing it, and I think you're going to see the Avalanche be the next team that, that does it. I don't – I honestly don't like it, but, hey, I mean, if teams are doing it, do it yourself. It, it, it's within the rules. Right. But, you know, the question, of course, is – should it be? And that's, you know, something that the league will have to address, hopefully, during the offseason. But, mm. all right, so no Landeskog now mm. for the rest of the regular season or close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does this tr- change things? Trade deadline's a week away. Do they look to add someone to juice up the offense a little bit more in his absence? Or you stick with what you were planning on doing before Landeskog was hurt and say, okay, he'll be back for the playoffs. We'll be okay. Well, they were going to, they're going to add somebody anyway. So yeah, I think this, this changes the dynamic and we'll know more because the surgery is Monday. And I think the abs are waiting to get like an official word on what the doctors say he'll be out for. If they say, no, like you can forget about the regular season. He's going on LTIR. That is going. So I, it falls in line perfectly with the avalanche to get the results from the, the surgery, hear from the doctors, and then make moves according to that. And yeah, if again, and I think even if they say he'll be ready like the last week of the season, why, play, play the loophole. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why rush Throw, it? Yeah. Why rush it? Let him get another week off. And and if that happens, like I said, you you free up twelve million with him and Sammy Gerard. But I don't think that they might not do it with Sam Gerard because he could be back in a month. He's he's up in the air. If you don't bring him back, then you're still saving seven million with Landeskog. All right. So what do they do? Yeah, you, you're you're gonna. I mean, you're always hearing Claude Giroux. I think that's soured a little. Not want to say soured. I think it's slowed down a little bit. Uh, but I don't think they're completely out of it. Um, I, I, I think they can put together a package to bring Claude Giroux in and that would be perfect because what they're doing right now, what they have done actually in the past couple of weeks, Andre Burakovsky was on a, just, uh, uh, I don't even know the word for it. Like he, he could not score. He was in the biggest, he's beyond a slump and, uh, he, he went 17 games in a row where he didn't score a goal. He had a, I, mean, I think he had like two assists. But he didn't score a goal. So and what you they and did I was, had as many goals as he did. Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay. Uh, and for for a little while, most recently, they brought him up to the first line to try to get him going, and move Landeskog down to the second line. Not because Landeskog is not playing well. It's just you have the ability to do that when you have this Avalanche team, and it worked like a charm. He's been on fire. 
So he's probably going to stay on the top line. Do they bring in someone like Claude Giroux? Yeah, I think it could happen. Um, I've been singing the praises of uh, Jacob Chikrin for a while. And I, I, they do need some defensive depth. They need some offensive depth. Not so much in the scoring department, but some defense. And they were looking at Cal Clutterbuck, believe it or not, from, from your boys. Um, maybe bringing him in for some defensive depth. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be against that. I wouldn't be against that. So you're, I think you're looking at uh, Clutterbuck. I think you're looking at Giroux. And you're not hearing Chikrin a lot, but for me, I think it makes all the sense in the world, especially if Sam Girard is going to be out for a while. You could bring those guys in, and holy God, like you're you got a series on your hand with these guys. You have a series on your hand anyway with these guys, but right now they can do a little bit more damage than originally thought because they're right up against the cap, and they don't have a ton of uh, draft picks because they they gave a lot away to make some moves of the players that they have now, like Devon so, Taves, like Taves, yeah. yeah. And Darcy Kemper, the mm-hmm. you know they gave Arizona the first round pick for him, so. They didn't have a lot of capital, but now if Landeskog does end up on LTIR, they do have some cap space, and that's really all they need. So it was going to be a fun trade deadline for them anyway. Now it's like Avs fans like are, are – it's weird because like you're like you can't wait for the trade deadline because they can really make some moves now, but you are you have that ability because your captain is hurt. So it's like bittersweet on both ends, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, it will certainly be an interesting week ahead for the Avalanche and then stretch drive and the playoff run. And I know you'll be there to cover yeah. it all. Chris, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they could find your podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, just like uh, you said in the beginning, anywhere you get your podcast, we are there. And on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On Instagram is Locked On Avalanche, and uh, we have our own uh, YouTube channel as well. So just search for Locked On Avalanche there. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Want to thank my guest Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabers, Jess Jess Belmosto of Locked On Flames, and Chris Maselli of Locked On Avalanche for joining us today. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's it for this episode. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.